Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Member Engagement Show. Today, we are taking it all the way back to November of 2020, which which seems like a really long time ago, but was really only four or five months ago, (laughs) um, when we hosted our annual customer conference, Super Forum. And while it was a little bit different than normal because it was virtual, we had a ton of great content that we covered. Yeah, it is very funny how... Time time is just a little warped these days, isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and we know everyone couldn't attend, um, but we had some really, really fantastic content that we don't want people to miss out on. And so we thought we'd bring a little bit of Super Forum to you through the podcast today. Um, so today's episode is coming to you from Emily Clare and Candace Freeman from the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Yes, this session was all about creating a safe space for your members, which is so important today. Um, you might not think that you'd have to worry about something like a professional private community space um, being a place where things like harassment or personal attacks could come up, but occasionally it can happen from time to time. Yeah. Fortunately, it doesn't happen very often. I know that's one of the, uh, sometimes it's, it can be a big fear about people as they jump into the online community space. Uh, there tends to be a much higher level of accountability in private communities, which is good. And that is one of the things that uh, Emily and Candace talk about today creating that sense of safety, which is one of the really big things that one of their big themes, it has always been a critical piece in getting community members to participate. And that goes across any online community. Um, And our guests from AAAS talk about that. They talk about how it's paramount also for women and groups of color, which obviously is a very hot topic these days. Um, And one of the things that, you know, that was, that was very eye-opening for me a a few years ago. I was actually talking to one of our clients and she's a young woman in the technology sector. And she said that she actually won't post in most technology communities because she has been attacked by uh, men in these forums um, and they challenge her knowledge, uh, because she's a woman. And that I, that was very startling to me. And it was rather, it was rather disturbing. And, and actually, our, our women from AAAS talk about that, um, and creating that safe space and how important that is. Um, and I, I loved the things that they've done to ensure that these groups do have a safe space and feel very comfortable participating in their community. Yeah, when that happens to someone, especially if it's an a reaction or a response from someone that they're not anticipating, it really can make it hard for them to engage, feel comfortable, feel trust with the organization. So it's really important that an organization has steps to to respond to this or remove the comments or or do something to show, you know, what's acceptable for for the community, for the space. And um, you know, avoid things like that from happening in the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if it happens to you once, you'll, you won't come back. And if you see it happen to someone who's like you, mm-hmm. you're far less apt to participate as well. So, you know, it is one of those things you, as someone who's running a community, hosting a community, you do want to ensure that those things don't happen. Um, you know, and that it, that's just one of the things <laughs> we've seen. We've seen a lot of things, several big things happen over the last couple of years that have really brought this idea of creating a safe space Mm -hmm. in your online community to the forefront. Like I said, it's always been there. It's always been important, but it's, it is right there front and center these days. Um, then obviously one of the first things that springs to mind, the pandemic, yeah. we can't ignore that. Um, and I am so tired of hearing the word uncertainty. I hope after this year, we never hear it again. <laughs> what about unprecedented though? <laughs> unprecedented is another one which kills me because it is precedented, but that's a whole, that, that's a whole other argument. Um, but uh, so, uh, you know, uncertainty, but the reality is, you know, there is, there has been a lot of uncertainty. And so people were looking for a place, have been looking for a place to still connect with friends, to still connect with colleagues where they could get information they could trust. And they wanted a place that felt welcoming, that, that felt familiar. And they turned to their online professional communities mm-hmm. to, to fulfill that need. Um, I was actually on a call with um, several of our MVPs from the Higher Logic user group from Hug last week. And a couple of them referred to it as their professional home. And I love that term. And I love that they feel that way. Like that's how we want people to feel about their online community, about their professional community. That's how I feel about the OC, which is uh, the internal community that we have at Higher Logic um, with our with our fellow employees and definitely the community that I participate in and go to the most. Um, I don't know what it would be like over the past year if we didn't have it. You know, we're all working from home. We're disconnected. It's become a place that we go to for not just company updates, but to hear from people who maybe we would typically see in the kitchen or passing by their desk about what they did that weekend or what their kids are up to for spring break or, you know, fun fun posts about everyone's favorite furry co-workers and all the pandemic pups that have come into everyone's lives uh, recently. So yeah, it's it's a great place to have those connections. And if something were to go wrong, you know, it would be really uncomfortable or hard to stay connected and stay engaged, feel like you can go there and, and trust what's happening with other people that, that are in the community. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I've heard from several of our coworkers that they actually feel more informed about what's going on in the company since (laughs) we've been working remotely um, than they did uh, when we were in the office. And I, you know, and I think that's a huge credit to how our leadership has been using the online community to stay, um, to do, to push out information and and to keep everyone connected. And, and yeah, we, we have to have some substitute for uh, connecting in the kitchen over beef jerky and Cheetos. <laughs> Another thing, and yeah, I'm I'm going to keep politics out of this. Uh, but uh, you know, we've we've run into issues on a lot of the major websites with data breaches over the past couple of years, um, and also uh, the prol- 
proliferation. Wow, that's a tough word to say um, of uh, misinformation. Uh, you know, you don't know what you can trust, where that information is coming from, uh, and so people really want to know that they're sharing information in a place uh, where they know who the other people are. Like, are is Alex Mastriani really Alex Mastriani, uh, and? Uh, and, you know, are these people credible? Uh, you know, when we're talking with AAAS, we're talking about scientists and, you know, and, and so they're sharing information and, and uh, uh, the ladies will talk about this today. Um, you know, is, is the information they're sharing legitimate and trustworthy? And there's a lot to be said for that with, an, with a professional online community. And, you know, this is connected to your database. These people really are who they say they are. Um, and yeah, that, and they will also talk about some ideas around being able to verify that data and have people, um, other people in the community kind of verify that vote on mm -hmm. that. Yes. So without further ado, let's turn it over to Emily and Candace about some of the challenges that AAAS overcame and how they have made their community safer for members. Um, I'm Emily Clare, the Assistant Director of Member Engagement at AAAS, um, and I've been working in the fields of mass media, communication, trade, and member associations for more than 10 years. And I'm Candice, Senior Manager of Membership Training with AAAS, and I have 12 years of experience in nonprofit contact center training, quality assurance, and operations. So before we get started, we're going to give you a little background on our organization, Triple uh, AAAS, not as, not Triple A, but Triple uh, AAAS. Um, we are the world's largest multidisciplinary scientific society and a leading publisher of cutting edge research through our science family of journals, which is how most people know us. Um, but it's important to know that um, we are not just a publishing um, organization. We have um, individual members in more than 91 countries around the globe. Uh, our membership is open to anyone who shares our goals and belief that science and technology, engineering and mathematics can help solve many of the challenges our world is facing today. Uh, and it's also important to note too that uh, many of our members are not just scientists. Roughly about 11% or so um, are not scientists and join AAAS merely because they feel it's important to um, support our organization in advancing science and serving society. So that's, uh, that's really great. Um, about a year and a half ago, uh, we launched our community. Uh, at that point, our primary goals were to build member engagement with staff at our organization and let them know what we're, what we're doing. Um, provide a space for networking, which was uh, a, a primary reason for a lot of our members to join our organization, and also um, increase uh, retention, make sure that they want to uh, continue renewing their membership each year. So when we launched our community um, back in April 2019, I would say that we had a very, uh, I would say almost a little Pollyanna, a little optimistic. Um, our terms and conditions were pretty open-ended, pretty loose. Um, and I think that they were maybe a little rose tented uh, glasses that we, we had on at the time because we had some assumptions that our members would automatically be collegial to one another. Um, and we soon to see that we were soon to discover that wasn't always going to be the case. Um, we also started to see our members use community for unintended things like sharing that they had updated their address and everyone then could see their new address or, um, you know, asking where their T-shirt was. And I mean, and this isn't a community of 
uh, over 100,000 people. Um, and these types of things, they were not against our terms and conditions per se, um, but that was still not the engaging behavior we wanted to create. Uh, and then more importantly, I think for us was when it came to topics like climate change, um, racism in STEM, you know, whether vaccines are good or bad, for example, we saw a variety of perspectives and opinions. Um, we saw even trolling from people uh, and it, it blows the mind, but some people had their full PhD uh, signatures, their, you know, their credentials and their um, academic backgrounds, you know, as they continue to troll one another. So um, we were like, wow, this is this is new. <laughs> uh, my favorite example I like to talk about to, sh to share like, you know, some of the stories that we were seeing is we saw one member and another member having a back and forth, a hot debate. And uh, one of them said, um, stop the micturation contest. And I had to look up micturation. I did not know what that meant. And yes, that is the medical word for peeing. <laughs> so as we, you know, continue to observe these heated debates and, um, you know, essays and back and forth um, between a few members, we saw threads just going in directions that, you know, could honestly reflect poorly on our organization and really didn't uh, fit the purpose of our community site and what we were looking for. Um, we also had a theory that this was going to lead to less people um, wanting to participate, um, especially when, um, you know, it tended to, we tended to see a, a trend of, you know, older white males um, arguing um, and posting to the threads um, and using it for, for that. Um, and then one other observation that we noticed post-launch, uh, we had a gap in resources and how we could handle with these problematic posts and arguing and the back and forth. Um, we hadn't initially anticipated needing to read through and monitor through so many things and how much time that could take up. Um, and then we also found that not only do we need to read through these things, but we also had to have a plan uh, in place to respond to those who would complain about somebody else and also a plan to deal with the offender. So at the end of 2019, um, we organized staff together with diverse backgrounds and skills to discuss how we could do better in this. Um, we came up with a monitoring plan to handle things while we assessed updating our terms and conditions and started that assessment process. And I'll let Candace tell you about that process. Yeah. So uh, initially, in response to the unexpected behaviors on community, like people posting service requests or their address updates, we wrote protocols for how to move these requests to our case system and out of the discussion thread. And we created canned responses to communicate the actual purpose of the discussion threads. And we assigned community monitor shifts to our support staff. They did a great job uh, following those initial protocols and making it clear what the purpose of the community is. And once members got the hang of how the, they're supposed to use community, it became a lot more like the social media or networking tool that we attended, that we had intended for it to be. However, the threads did start to look a lot like the problematic threads that we've all seen on Facebook or other social media. Uh, we quickly learned that while scientists may be knowledgeable experts in their field, they are prone to the same conversational pitfalls as everyone else. So the com community monitor role, it actually needed to expand beyond just watching for service requests. And our staff needed more tools and guidance on how to keep up with that need. 
So we decided that stronger terms and conditions were needed to make the community a better space for our members. And so uh, when holding users to a standard of conduct, we wanted clear objective expectations that the user could access to see what they're going to be held to. And then our staff needed the terms and conditions to support and provide rationale for any monitoring actions that they took. So we wanted them to be able to say if they had to remove a comment and send the member a message, we wanted them to be able to say, I've removed your comment because it violated X portion of our terms and conditions and then link our terms and conditions in that response. So uh, to develop these new terms and conditions, uh, we actually started by developing a mission and vision statement. And the purpose of this was to focus members on our values and on the purpose of the site. Um, in a previous role at another organization, I was on a team that determined training and quality assurance guidelines for staff. And for a while, our meetings consisted of this well-meaning team arguing in circles about best practice and what to do. Uh, and that continued until we made the inspired decision to come together and come up with a mission and vision statement. Then let that be the determining factor or the tiebreaker for any arguments about next steps. And it worked and our decision making went much smoother after we implemented that mission and vision statement. And so similarly here at AAAS, uh, we have a team of smart, passionate people leading AAAS community. So it made sense to follow a similar exercise for fleshing out our terms and conditions. And so this a mission and vision statement really helped lay the foundation and set the stage for our terms and conditions. And it created a clear lane and objectives for our AAAS community discussion thread monitoring. So Emily and I actually came together to create the mission and vision statements. And then we included the team and we together tweaked it until everyone felt good about where we finally landed with that. Yes. And I'll just add to you're probably not surprised, but AAAS is lucky to have a lot of scientific expertise in our organization. But, you know, Keith. Key feedback doesn't just come from, you know, those expected places. Um, we chatted a lot with our annual meeting team um, and they provided a lot of uh, great examples and their own personal experiences that, uh, and, you know, uh, how using strong language can be helpful against harassment, for example. Um, they had had some poor experiences um, with members not um, understanding boundaries in the past and uh, in-person events. Um, and they advised us uh, to include language on harassment and, you know, what will happen if a member continues engaging another member of staff um, after they've been asked to stop. Um, and so, you know, at that point, nothing like that had happened, but we wanted to, you know, take all feedback into consideration and, and you know, really create a, a safer uh, space. And later on, uh, you know, after adding that language in, this actually did end up happening on our site. So, um, you know, so we just really, that's just one good example that, you know, you could really, you know, uh, consult with everybody across the organization for their experiences on how to strengthen your terms and conditions and what kind of experiences they've had um, and what makes them feel safer, um, even if it's not currently an issue at the moment in your online space. Um, we also asked our human rights group to review our terms and conditions, and they were able to take a break from, you know, uh, 
using science to improve human rights around the world and, and give us the thumbs up that we were on the right path. Um, and then uh, on another uh, on another feedback side, um, we chatted with a lot of our members um, and they have a lot of expertise and insight um, in, uh, into online collaboration. You know, what it's like for um, you know people who might be more vulnerable in online spaces such as women and people of color. Um, we also chatted with scientists who study online behavior such as trolling and like, you know, what are online, what are trolls really like what are their characteristics um you know what are their habits uh so that was really interesting and we also chatted with some members who studied disinformation um and you know uh, how that moves on in online spaces like for, for example the QAnon movement um so we had a lot of expertise um and a lot of insight and so we're going to share some of the those like key learnings with you right now I have this, another fun story. Um, one member we chatted with uh, whose expertise is in online collaboration uh, gave us a really good real life example of, of this idea of echo chambers. And I thought, wow, this is like, we see this on community every day. So he said, you know, his example in real life was that um, really supporting Elizabeth Warren for president last year. And all of him and his friends and his peers and his colleagues were like, yeah, Elizabeth Warren. And, and when she didn't secure the nomination, um, he was, you know, he was really upset about it. And he just, he started talking about with his family, you know, his distant family and his neighbors. And they were like, what? You're crazy. Like, why are you supporting, you know, Elizabeth Warren? And it was, he said for him, it was a very rude awakening. And, you know, he was just totally jarred um, by people, you know, being outside of his social bubble and hearing what people really thought of his preference. Um, and he said those kind of situations play out all the time in online environments. Um, when you take people, you know, out of their normal feed or social interactions and put them with people of different backgrounds um, and different perspectives, there can be rude awakenings um, and it can be uncomfortable and it can lead to tension. And, you know, that was a really great story because we see those types of things happen you know, I wouldn't say daily on a daily basis on community, but certainly regularly and maybe do too. And so that's just, you know, that's this idea of the echo chamber happening. Um, we also talked with some other experts and, you know, this is, this was really key for us that if, if people log on and they see, you know, angry discussion, if they see trolling happening between, you know, certain members, you know, they will automatically disengage. It only takes one login and one poor experience for that to happen. And we don't want that to happen. Um, and we continued to learn that if we wanted, you know, more participation from women and people of color, you know, to, to note, to know um, and to understand that they feel particularly sensitive about engaging in communities right now. You know, there's a lot of aggressive online behavior. Um, and if they do not feel like protected or nurtured, um, they don't they don't need to be there. Um, it's not they can find better spaces. So it's really important to provide that. So with all of these, you know, caveats and barriers in a way, um, the one thing to note is that there is a good thing. There is a silver lining. You know, all the studies, all the scientists that we've chatted with have shared that, you know, if if somebody does feel they are being harassed, if they are uncomfortable, the right thing to do is limit the visibility and posting rights of the harassers or whoever is doing the trolling, um, you know, to really um, to really to really make that a comfortable space. So it is possible to do those things. That's that's good news. So we took all of these key learnings and we had, you know, wrote our mission and vision statement and really made, let that be the foundation uh, to then frame 
um, the rest of the development of our terms and conditions. And so we placed the mission and vision statement at the very top of our terms and conditions to focus members on our values and on the purpose of the site. It also, that mission and vision statement also helped us as staff make decisions about how to handle specific posts and how or whether we should update our terms and conditions or should we expand on them to address specific and appropriate conduct. Uh, we ask ourselves, does this person's post or comment align with our mission and vision? And is it covered in our terms and conditions? And if it's not, do we need to edit those terms and conditions to include that? Emily? Um, and we also wanted to make sure we say what hate speech is. Um, what happens if you false, falsely misrepresent yourself, such as giving yourself, you know, multiple PhDs and credentials you haven't earned. Um, and we also wanted um, stronger protection against anonymous posters who are using community to continue to argue or post offensive content, um, you know, under that anonymous feature, which we, was not what was intended. Um, so for the few folks that were using that, um, we added a reminder that we, the staff, that is, um, could tell who Anonymous is at any time, and they will continue to be subject to our terms and conditions. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, you know, by incorporating the stronger language, as well as the mission and vision into our terms and conditions, you know, we wanted to also show that we were willing to nurture more vulnerable groups, uh, say, we want you here, we have strong rules in place to you know, protect your participation and certain, you know, harmful behaviors are not going to be allowed. Uh, you know, it's important to say that's not just, you know, the intent, but also define and describe, you know, what is not allowed and, and let the members know. So all of that work and went ahead and published our terms and conditions, our updated terms and conditions with our mission and vision statement clearly listed at the top to set the tone and introduce these robust terms and conditions. Um, behaviors that are categorized as inappropriate or unwelcome attention or harassment are addressed throughout the terms and conditions. And so for clarity and to equip both staff and the actual users of the community with explicit expectations, we defined these terms with a focus on the impact and how a poster's message may be perceived beyond just the poster's intent. So we went ahead and defined that in a, any, something inappropriate is anything that may be viewed as defamatory, uh, et cetera. Unwelcome attention is any communication that continues after the recipient has asked you to stop. Uh, harassment is any conduct that annoys, threatens, intimidates, etc. And so we wanted to make it clear that these things are not okay. And this is exactly what that type of behavior looks like. And this helped equip our staff when they have to call out that inappropriate behavior and can cite that this is the exact line item in the terms and conditions that this um, does not align with. And so once we had fleshed out these terms and conditions, we now have this robust uh, TNCs, we wanted to build out our protocol so that staff truly were equipped uh, to monitor the community. Um, and so a benefit of us having kind of misjudged or miscalculated exactly how much work it was going to be for our staff um, means that we actually had a few weeks of the community being live and a few weeks of conversations and discussions um, to draw from. So we could draw from that actual experience as we crafted our scenarios and created our canned responses. Um, and so 
we developed this protocol. We um, brought in the staff, had the staff um, provide input on the protocols. Uh, and we have multiple, very many different scenarios for how to handle each type of scenario. Um, and then we conducted classroom training. So I trained all of the current staff on the protocol that they now have buy-in because they helped create the protocol and then trained them on how to use it uh, and then developed a quiz on the protocol to make sure that they really understood how we're going to be using that protocol. And then they began their actual community monitor shifts. And then for our new hires who come in, similarly, we, I train them on the protocol. Uh, they actually get to shadow current staff who are during their community monitor shift so they can actually get that real life experience. And then they take the community monitor quiz and then they begin to work those shifts. And these community monitor shifts are, are they're very involved. Um, they work them in half day shifts. They monitor all new posts that come in on community. Uh, we actually keep a list of problematic posters and their, the types of comments that they post just so that we can keep an eye out for them so that each person on their shift is aware. Uh, and we keep a log of all the monitoring activity, whether it's we have to warn someone gently about our terms and conditions all the way to, um, you know, we had to deny someone's moderated post or reject someone's moderated post and inform them that they're going to have to either rewrite the post and repost it or just, you know, that that post is not acceptable and for what reason. Um, and then we also use the watchwords um, feature as well, which I think Emily will talk a little bit um, more about, but that's been really helpful for those posts that are automatically put into moderation that we then review. Right. So um, now that we've been live with our enhanced terms and conditions for 10 months, um, and we've actually even updated them again since then, um, I really want to drive home that we have seen a lot of evidence that um, adding stronger language, defining behaviors, um, including the mission and vision really creates behavior change for members um, because they want to continue um, to have the privilege to use the site. That uh, Some interesting things have happened. We've even seen some of our famous offenders, you know, or infamous offenders, I should say, uh, thank us for, you know, taking more of a role um, in and they've changed their behavior and uh, accordingly um, to have, be more collegial with one another. Um, and, you know, we're also continuing to grow in our key benchmarks like logins and discussions. So that's really important to us. Um, and, you know, finally, while we haven't yet seen if we've moved the needle as far as getting more women and people of color to participate, um, we are looking for solutions um, in-house with our research team to see how we can evaluate that. So we're really interested in doing that moving forward. Um, but, uh, you know, it's important to note that arguments will still happen. Um, and our role in those more contentious moments is still being assessed is whether we should monitor versus moderate. Um, you know, our members have high expectations from our organization, and uh, we want to deliver to that effect by continuing to facilitate high quality conversations um, for their awareness and knowledge where everyone um, can participate. And so there's this healthy tension that exists because we have a small team of smart, passionate people who are managing AAAS community, 
um, as we navigate creating an ideal safe space for scientific discourse while working within the constraints of being a nonprofit organization with limited staff and resources. And so we meet regularly and we discuss actual examples from our discussion thread. We look to our mission and vision statement for guidance as we calibrate our terms and conditions and constantly update our protocols and find that balance between, you know, what we would ideally like to do versus what we're actually capable of doing um, within the, the constraint, the resource constraints that we have. And, and then finally, you know, one key challenge and opportunity that I think all of us can work together and, um, you know, continue to discuss um, is, you know, more functionality, more technical solutions that enable, um, you know, people to be empowered to make community, you know, the experience that they want it to be. While, you know, the watchwords and the markets and appropriate features have been hugely helpful in our membership, uh, and we actually implemented those right away, um, you know, there are still, uh, you know, some some things that would be great on our end, and I'm sure others have similar ideas, you know, more and more social media platforms are allowing users to mark uh, misinformation, mute others who are ignore, uh, you know, who are, who are being annoying, downvote them if they're not giving good information, um, you know, and members, you know, users of social media platforms are increasingly like expecting those functions. So how can we, you know, provide similar controls to members to help empower them and really give them the spaces that they're looking for? Um, so with that, thank, thank you all, all so much. Well, that was great. They covered so many different topic areas and ideas for different ways to make your community safer for members. But I think the thing that I liked the most was how they talked about making their terms and conditions reflective of their mission and vision. I know so often when you think of terms and conditions, or at least I do, um, think of it more as a transactional document or something that you just need to check the box to be able to proceed to, you know, that destination that you're trying to reach. Um, But really, it can be a guidepost for not just your members, but also for you and your organization when you run into issues or uncharted territory and you need something to point back to so that you know, okay, how do I proceed here? You know, what are we saying is allowed or not allowed? And if you take the time to do some of that, either upfront or over time, um, it can be a really great guide for you as an organization. To piggyback on that, I was really impressed that they have already updated that a couple of times. And I think so Mm -hmm. many organizations Mm -hmm. kind of update it, they customize it to their organization as they're getting ready to launch their community, and then they never look at it again. It's kind of set it and forget it. Like you said, it's transactional, they check the box. but for AAAS, it is a living, breathing document. They're, they're going to continue to adapt it depending on what's going on in their community and their environment. Uh, and the, the other cool part about that is you have the option every time you update that, uh, it, you can make people, your community members, re-agree to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time they do that, they're remind whether they read all of it or not, <laughs> they're reminded of this pledge that they're taking mm-hmm. um, to participate in the community, what they've agreed uh, to adhere to. Uh, but yeah, there were so many great takeaways. That was such an awesome session. 
And if you've run into some of those challenges, I think, you know, hopefully not many of them. Uh, I think they have kind of an extreme example, but I think we've all, anyone who's been in community management for any length of time has at least run into a couple of them. Um, but it's good to know you're not alone. And I think they've given us some some great tips on how to deal with them. For sure. If you are a community manager and you have a tip that worked for you, if you ran into something like this at, at some point or another um, that we didn't talk about today, we definitely want to hear from you. So head over to LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, we have posts up about this episode of the show. And please leave a comment. We'd love to hear uh, from you and see what's worked, see if there's more that we can talk about on this discussion. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the Member Engagement Show. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you again next week. 